Are you a CEO or sales leader with little or no time to coach your sales development team? Or is your expertise in areas other than sales? At eXp, we exist to help your sales development team to increase pipeline and grow your company exponentially. We dive into the trenches with sales individuals within your organization to coach them through the discomfort and excitement of cold calls and help them fully utilize the sales technology tools you have invested in. For more information on how eXp can help grow your organization, visit the website found in the bio. Exceptional coaching enables exceptional potential. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Sales eExperience podcast. We have an interview for you with Queen Elisa from Notify. Queen is one of their customer acquisition execs and she helps health and safety professionals to keep their employees safe at work. I hope you enjoyed today's show. So Queen, absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Um, Thank you for joining. Do you mind just giving us a, a brief introduction to who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, so, my name's Queen. Um, who I am? I am Queen. I work at, no, I work at Notify uh, Technology. We are a health and safety reporting system. Um, my background was predominantly recruitment. So, I worked in London for a year and a bit and then moved to Newcastle to do recruitment again. Um, was going to stop doing sales, but you know, you convinced me, <laughs> you convinced me to keep on the path. Um, so here we are at Notify Selling. Cool. So, um, you say I convinced you, I didn't really you convince did. you, you, convinced you knew you wanted to stay in sales. So why, why did you decide to, to join Notify? I decided to join Notify. I mean, two main reasons. My biggest reason was, um, I needed to work for someone that knew where they wanted to go, knew where their business was going and could give me a proper path as to where I want to be. And Duncan checked all those boxes um, upon interviewing me. We had like four interviews and it was great to speak to everyone, meet the team and understand, you know, what everyone's visions are and their visions were aligned to mine. Um, so that, that was a really big one is just understanding where we all want to go and where we want to be and working towards that. The second thing was and know nothing about tech. Oh, I knew nothing about tech, rather. I know a bit now. Um, and I'm very competitive and I like to learn. So this, for me, was a new territory that I hadn't hadn't come across. And I'm smart, so I thought this would be a fun challenge. So, the, yeah, tech and Duncan was why Notify was, is where I am. Nice, That's nice. It. And... At Notify, you sell typically to people in health and safety. What, yeah. what have you learned about that? What are some of the things that you found kind of are useful in, in starting conversations with people in that sector? I've learned that patience is a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I have learned. I've learned that, I mean, it's, I'd say recruitment is it's such a great taste for anyone who wants to learn how to sell straight away is pretty good. Um, selling to health and safety people it's a different kind of selling. It's, it's a more, I call it a personal sell. Mm. You need to be a lot more, you need to be a human. You need to be able to talk to these people. You need to understand their plight. You need to be able to switch from speaking to a health and safety manager who cares about people and then speaking to an, a managing director who cares about productivity and cares about money. So it's, it's about switching those hats and that's something that I've learned 
from you, John, as well as from just speaking to health and safety people, because I don't know everything about health and safety, but the people I speak to, that's their job. So it's great to learn from them too. So another thing is I just let them teach me and I'm very open about them teaching me because it puts them on the pedestal. I'm not a health and safety professional. I'm just here to give you an app that can help your health and health and safety professional life. So yeah, I'm going to answer your question. Yeah, that's that's, that's a really interesting point you there about letting them teach you. Um, how, what kind of questions, I guess, drive, drive that type of conversation? How do you invite them to share, I guess, about what their day-to-day looks like? Um, the thing that I do is I say building rapport. So just getting them to be comfortable. When they're comfortable, when people are comfortable, they talk, they talk to you and they talk to you with ease. Um, so it's about building that relationship. And then it's about asking about things that they care about. So if I'm asking about their near-miss or incident reports, I'm asking if you could improve it, how would you improve it? What don't you like about it? What do you like about it? Um, how does this help your day-to-day life? Mm-hmm. If you could do it this way, would you do it this way? Um, and they will, they will go off on it because that's, some, that's their passion, that's what, they, that's what they're doing. And they want the best for their team as well as themselves. So with health and safety, it's... it's I, I wanna, it, on, on the outskirts, it looks easy, but it's really not because they have so many checks and balances that they need to mm. go through. But essentially, if you have the right health and safety person who understands what they want, it's, it's, it's an easy ball game. It's just about having the proper conversation and getting them to understand you. They will happily teach you. So I came in not knowing all the ISOs, but I know a couple now <laughs> because they will, they will tell you and they will keep saying it. And there's no problem in asking, oh, sorry, what does that mean? They mm. will happily be like, oh, it's this, 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 and this, because that is what they like. Um, so it's about humbling yourself and just going for it and asking, what does this mean? Can you explain that a bit better? Okay, so why did you, why do you do it this way and things like that? And that that's what's been helping me learn as quickly as I am learning. That that makes a lot of sense. I think you know you talked there about kind of disarming them and and open getting them to open up to you. I think asking questions and showing that vulnerability yourself definitely invites that kind of open dialogue with a prospect, yeah. right? And it invites them to to feel comfortable sharing because they're not going to be judged. Exactly. They're not going to be judged for having a poor process because that's your job is there to help them improve that process so let's let's kind of go all the way back to maybe three or four years ago right at the start of your career so how how did you get into recruitment i was in uni i was finishing up my degree i was studying philosophy and i had never had a job um so i started working at tommy hilfiger um in kingston in london and it was it was just it was just fun sales you know there, were, there weren't really any proper goals or targets but the person that I worked for knew that I was very competitive so she put little targets on just mm-hmm. to win like cookies like <laughs> food is the way to my heart and she knew that so she would be like do get this amount of people to the till and you get those really you know the big like milli cookies oh yeah so she just <laughs> she just be like queen get ten to the ringer and you get the cookies so I worked hard. <laughs> Um, and then I, then uni was ending and I thought, okay, right, it's probably time to get a proper adult job. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do because you can't be a philosopher anymore. <laughs> so I was like, what can I do that allows me to still be competitive, still learn something new and earn quite a, quite a bit of money? Um, so at this point, I think like when you're coming out of uni, especially London, that's when recruiters just, I don't know how they get your number, but 
they were cool. <laughs> I was hot commodity. They were calling me. Um, I interviewed with around probably five companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the company that I ended up choosing was because they had really great benefits. That that was what I chose because, yeah, I just I liked what they could give me. Um, I knew that I'd work hard anyway. So if I was like, okay, if I'm going to work hard, what things can I get? I was young. Money is not a big thing for me now. But back then, yeah, um, I wanted to... I wanted to know what I could get so for recruitment it was about the money it was about where where it was as well so it was the fact that it was smack and on like Liverpool Street mm-hmm. it was a nice place and I liked the team and they had a really great training program for sales so we had I can't remember what it's called now but we had big folders and we had to do like little tests mm-hmm. like tests um, and they took their time to teach us properly and their MD at, at that particular company was amazing. He spent time, um, his doors, I was, you know, people always say, you know, my doors open, his doors, I, he was very inviting, like, come in, let's break it down, what do you need? I wanted to hold, um, so I recruited for interior designers, I wanted to hold like an interior design meeting for women to come in nice. and you know, so we can go through their CVs and he was like, no problem, here's the card, go for it. And it was just having that autonomy to grow and develop and, you know, hone in skills that I didn't know mm-hmm. I had. Um, so that's what I that's what I liked. Um, then I got ill, so I had to. I took some time off, and then I thought, you know what, I want to move. So I moved to Newcastle, and I thought, right, I've loved recruitment up until then. Let me do that here. Um, and then I started working for this other company in Newcastle, and it just it it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same fit as mm-hmm. as the last one. So I felt a bit burnt. I felt like I probably hadn't done enough research for myself to go into that company. Um, so I left, and then I started working for another company that sold gas and electric, like, on the streets. That that one, for me, was probably the most, probably the hardest job I've done, but the most fulfilling, mm-hmm. I'd say, because that's how I knew that I was tenacious. Like, <laughs> I knew, because, you know, in your head, you're like, you know, I, I can do it. I knew I could do it after that job. Like, I was like... <laughs> I was like, I am definitely hardcore. To be in the rain <laughs> with umbrellas stopping people on the street and still hitting my target, I was like, nah, you're, you're a star queen. <laughs> um, so I did that for a bit. But that, that, was only, that was commission only. So I was like, okay, right, I need to, I, wanted, I want to take my time to find a proper job. Um, so I left that one. Again, I just, I just jumped ship, clearly without nowhere to go. I'm very impulsive. So I just jumped. I was like, okay, I'm out now. And I started looking for another, another job. Um, and I was being very picky, very, very picky. I had three interviews with companies that were great, but they weren't saying the right things. And when I was asking about the progression again, they just weren't, although they weren't, they weren't as open as Duncan was. Mm-hmm. Um, even Duncan wasn't that open, but I, like, he was willing to be open if I, if I asked the right questions. And mm-hmm. it, that for me was pretty cool. Um, the fact that it was a startup, um, the fact that when I said to him that I wanted to progress to be, uh, to potentially be a manager or be a team leader, he was like, no problem, I can work towards that. And we have been working towards that. So, yeah, it's it's been a long road from recruitment to here, but I'm glad I did those because I would not, as I say, like I would not be here and it'd be a lot harder of mm-hmm. a job if I hadn't done all those other ones. Absolutely. It's so interesting what you say about that um, street sales job you had. I was uh, was speaking to a group of students recently and um, 
you know, one of them asked, you know, what can I do? I'm in second year. What can I do to prepare for a job in sales after uni? I was like, well, here's some things you can do on, you know, for yourself. But if you really want to get the experience, I don't recommend you take this type of job for fun, yeah. but to, to really test yourself, go and do street sales. There's nowhere where you'll learn quicker yeah. how to capture somebody's attention, how to be tenacious and how to show that kind of passion regardless of what's going on around you because it is intense. It is the hardest, but honestly... I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. So, so Never need to do it again. <laughs> but the thing is, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even mind. I'd go do yeah. it again. I'd go, because I was like, even this weekend, I was going through my notes as to like, from the stuff I learned from them. And I was like, this is gold. Yeah. It, it's, it's gold. And it, it must, I'm trying to figure out a way to get space selling onto the phone as well. Because, <laughs> because it's, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it was hard because of the circumstances you were in. Because if it was outside and it was raining or snowing, you have to fight the weather as well as try and get people's attention without jumping up and down on the street. But um, no, it, it it definitely, definitely is a job that I think if you want to be in sales, you should definitely do that to test yourself. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then just know that you probably don't have the right tenacity for it because any, any little thing will then break you down and you're going to get a lot more no's and you're going to get yeses. Absolutely. So, and that job, literally, we had to stop 100 people and in our minds we only wanted three of them to say yes wow so if 97 people are saying no to you you need to be prepared for that so every time i got a no i was like cool i'm just closer to my yes and you, you have to trick your mind that way so yeah, every yeah. no was like no no problem no problem no problem and sometimes you get the hardest of no's people will be like can you just fuck up i'm like no worries have a great day still smiling but in your head you're like i really want to go home now um so yeah that yeah that job that job was great 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 team as well it was it was the only thing for me was just if um i was looking to be a proper adult and buy a house i wanted to make sure i had the right income coming in and stuff like that but other than that i would have stayed for Mm -hmm. for a bit longer it was really 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 good so there's a a couple of things there i want to kind of drill in on one that we'll come back to is the fact that you enjoyed that shows that you really love the process of selling right which is something that has been on my mind a lot recently but i want to come back to that but first (laughs) how do you kind of stay positive how do you manage that because you know even though what you're doing now you could probably get less no's than you did then mm-hmm. and probably less severe no's than you did <laughs> yeah. then but you still get them right yeah. how, how do you maintain that positivity um i count my nose it's just, it's for me it's a process and for the longest time because notifies a start we are trying to get the right processes in um and I'm still trying to figure out what my law of averages are. So law of averages for me is if I know, if I'm trying to if I'm trying to speak to 200 people a week, I know that at least 10 will say they're interested and from that 10 I can do five demos and a five, those five demos I can get at least two deals in. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I'm working towards. So if I do get a no, it's, it's like, that's fine. I'm, ex- I'm expecting that mm-hmm. no. It's not, a, it's not a big deal. If I get the yes, even better, but I'm expecting a no. And I think once you're expecting a no, but you're not... If you try and seek out the no, and they give you a yes, and they keep reconfirming that yes, then that's amazing, that's what you want. But if you're seeking a yes and making and switching their no's to a yes for you, you're just prolonging that process to 
of where you're going to get the no eventually. So I want to get the no straight away. Mm-hmm. And the ones who say no to me are fine because at some point they will come back. I've had it. They've, they've come, like this guy I spoke to in July just emailed me today. like, so you guys still my yes, we're still here. Hello. <laughs> How can I help? And again, but it's, it's leaving people with that, with that good feeling too. So but even though people told me to fuck off on the street, I still like have a great day yeah. because I'd be there tomorrow and they will see me again. And I don't want them to think, oh no, that girl was really rude or whatever, even though I thought they were assholes. I just thought, and they, I'd have people come back and be like, oh, I, I spoke to you yesterday. I was actually, I, I was really a bit in a, in, a, in a rush. Can we talk now? And it's things like that. So it's a, for me, keeping my positivity is counting the nose, expecting the nose, and being polite, even though I don't like being polite because I'm, <laughs> I like to tell people where to go if they've been rude. But I also like money. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna bite my tongue so I can have a nice shopping spree. So Excellent. yeah, it's keep it yes, yeah, it's it's, it's, keep, it's knowing what your goals are. Yeah. And knowing that you know you can't let anything get in front of that goal. If it's someone just being rude, okay, cool. I'm not gonna see you again, but I need to make my money. So yeah, yeah. I love goals. that. I love that. Um, so let's let's go back a bit to kind of loving the process. So, and it it probably feeds quite nicely into what you've just shared actually that. You know, a lot of people, when I hear them talk about sales, they talk about just enjoying the outcomes and just enjoying those yes moments. And, and for me, when I first started, it was exactly the same. I remember sitting in a one-to-one with my manager and she asked, you know, what, do you, what are you enjoying about the job? And I was like, oh, yeah, booking meetings. When I, when I book a meeting, I'm like, yes, yes, I've done a good thing. Yeah. And now I reflect on that. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't enjoy my job at the start. Like, that, that's sad, isn't it? That only that one moment you enjoy when you've got 98% of the rest of the time to work and to do things. So how, I guess some of it may just be kind of natural, but how do you develop that love for what you do regardless of the outcome? It's the, it's the process. It's understanding what your process is. Um, I think with a lot, a lot of sales jobs in recruitment, we were all about the results. It was all about how many deals have you got, how many meetings have you booked, who are your clients, who are your candidates, blah, blah, blah. Um, and at when I started doing the um, the street sales, it wasn't about that. It was all about the process. It was okay. Forget that you need to do three. You need to record a ring in the bell. Mm-hmm. Ring the bells if you've done if you've done three. Um, so forget about ringing the bell. What do you need to do? And we had we kept the gauges. So this piece of paper, and we'd break it down. So within every hour, so we have eight hours in the day. We want to speak to at least fifteen people. Or at least stop. Get fifteen people to just stop, mm-hmm. like both, like plant their feet on the floor, and get them to say no or yes to you, and then you just break it down that way, um, and that understanding what that process was, and believing in that process meant that the results happened without me even thinking about it. So when I started notify, annoyingly my brain went back to hey results 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 yeah. and I was like no 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 and it took me a while not gonna lie it took me a while to be like okay right why did you have such good success at the other job it was because you weren't focusing on the results you were focusing on the process so right let's make a new process and because notify is new we don't have that process yet so I ha- it's still a work in progress but I'm I'm in a better headspace because I'm now working on my processes as opposed to the results and I can see things moving further quicker now mm-hmm. because I'm no longer like oh I need to put this person straight into a demo I was like okay cool I need to make sure you're qualified properly because if you're qualified you're going to stay at the demo longer and if you're de- a demo longer then you're going to go to this part it's going to make sense and 
it makes it a bit easier and I feel more confident when I'm going to my pipeline. Duncan's like, so Queen, <laughs> what have you got on this week? And I'm like, I don't know. But now I can be like, okay, I think this one's going to happen because of this, this, this and this and because of what they said and I'm qualifying better and harder. And I think it's, I'm, I'm quite an assertive person, but I'm trying to make sure that the health and safety people who aren't, who may not be as assertive, I try and give them the power to go back to their mm-hmm. MDs and assert themselves too because these are things they need for themselves mm-hmm. which will ultimately help their, help their MDs so for me it's understanding the process and knowing that if the process works then I don't have to worry about the results which means less pressure for me mentally mm-hmm. which means I can chill I like to be chilled <laughs> yeah and, and I think that is the key isn't it and you know people talk about sales being a really high pressure job and it is if all you care about is the, the outcome. Yeah, um, whereas you're right, if you control the days and the hours and the minutes by doing the right things, the outcome does look after itself. You know, If you make sure that every call you make, you try and ask the right questions, you engage with the prospect yeah. to the best of your ability, some will say yes, some will okay. say no. <laughs> but if you're asking the right questions, you'll get the right conversations yeah. and you'll have the right outcomes as a result of those little activities that you can control. Definitely. And the no's are great. People see the no's as a bad thing. It's like, yo, if they say no to me, cool. That's my chance to then drill you about all the other questions that I... Because <laughs> I know you're not going to buy now. That's fine. So why? Who are you using? What's great about them? Where yeah. did you find them? You know, do you know anyone else who might want to use mine? Like, and you, that pressure of wanting to sell so hard goes away. And I've had people who said no, but like, actually, you know what? <laughs> Yeah, go on, send me some details because it's <laughs> because for them it's like you haven't come in so hard. And yeah. I think when and I did this is when you get on the phone and you just want to pitch to them straight away and it's like, no, like just let let them ramble on a little bit because you catch those little bits and once you've caught them then you can always go back to it. And it if they say no now, it doesn't mean they're gonna say no next week or Absolutely. say no a month after. So if they say no, it's like, Okay, no problem. I'll catch up and I always I always say I'll catch up with you in six months' time or three months' time and I put it in their diary and just be like, move it around to when yeah, you think yeah. it's best and I'll call them back. Like Rod did it. He put someone's put a call in someone's diary and they were like, No, 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 I don't want to talk to you. He called them back and now they're going through the process <laughs> because it just wasn't the right time yeah. the first time. And I think, yeah, collecting those no's are good because it's a bucket full of stuff that we can still go back to. Yeah. Unless they say, do not contact me, then take them off your list. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Hashtag GDPR. Literally. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. I have a, I have a friend who um, I, I used to spend quite a lot of time with who, whenever we invited him to go to something or to do something, his yeah. first answer was always no. But we knew that he'd then think about it yeah. and maybe say yes. So he'd be like, oh, hey, do you want to come, do you want to come out? We'll go to this place or whatever. And he'd be like, no. And then we'd get a text about an hour and a half later. What time are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> Where are you going? Who, who's coming? Who's going? Yeah, absolutely. And then he'd come and it'd be great. And, and I think, you know, we meet people like that or we, or we interact with so many people, but then we forget that the people we're selling to are just human. And half of them will want to say no before they even think yeah. about what the proposal you're making is. Yeah. Other people will want to say no and won't want to listen. Other people will say, maybe. Yeah, think about Go it. Go on. Yeah. Try and try and convince me. Um, oh, I love those ones. Oh, they're, they're my the favourite ones. Hey, honestly, that for me, that's what you're going for with a yeah. cold call, right? Is yeah. you're trying to get someone to say, "Go on." Go on. Sell to me. That's Sell to me. <laughs> let's let's see if you I'm can like, do a good enough job. Yes. Let's yeah. Do it. And you've got to relish those, yeah. haven't you? Um, but yeah, it's so so fascinating. 
So you you talked a little bit about um, kind of that desire to to look towards management for the future. Yeah. I guess what what is it you've identified about your strengths that that drives you towards that future? Um. That's a very good question. When again back to the um, street sales, I had a team of my own. Um, as you progress you get your own team and you start to recruit people and do interviews and stuff and I liked being able to motivate someone like so I had this girl um she was like 19 and she just she she didn't know what she wanted to do and she just thought I just want to make some money and she was so shy and she didn't she she just wouldn't go out and step like like hi sorry can I just interrupt your whole day (laughs) she could not do it and everyone says I'm very confident I am a little bit but I fake a lot of it let me (laughs) so fake um I can I can do it if 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 if, like if I have to but if I have if I had a choice I probably wouldn't Mm -hmm. but I wanted to show her how simple it was and even though I had my own stuff I needed to do I was like right I'm gonna give you my first sale just to show you how easy it is um even though I didn't want to but (laughs) as a leader I was like I'm gonna show you because I want you to be where I am and I, for the I think the first fifty people I spoke to were all no, and they were it wasn't like just normal no's. They were hardcore get out of my face no's, and I could see her watching me, and I was like, nah, there's no way this girl's gonna see me crumble. Like, <laughs> um, again, that competitiveness. I was like, nope, she's gonna she's gonna see me do a really difficult one. So I went up to this. I remember this. I went, I went up to this old lady, and she was one of those old women that like were, like dressed really nicely. Like she was kind of posh. I, yeah. I knew she wasn't gonna stop, but I was like. Okay, queen, let's go. So I went up to her and I was like, oh, hi, uh, who does your gas and electric? And she was like, sorry. <laughs> I was like, sorry, sorry to interrupt your day. I know you're really busy, but who does your gas and electric? And she's like, oh, you know, it's NPOW or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. And I started to talk to her just about her bag. I liked her bag. I, was, I think it was a Louis Vuitton. I was like, it's really good bag. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, yeah, it's great. I got it from here and there. I was like, oh, I have this one. And we started talking. And she's like, okay, go on. Tell me, what, tell me what you guys are doing today. And that, that was while I was trying to show the girl at the time. It was just, you don't have to go into the hardcore sales. Mm-hmm. It's about building that conversation and having rapport. And I interrupted her day. I'm going to apologize for interrupting her day. Sorry. Um, and showing her how to do that and her doing it so well that she started to beat me was really annoying but I was glad because I was like this is someone that was not going to do well but the fact that I motivated her and I made it into a competition because again if you're in sales you have a little bit of um, competitiveness in you so I was trying to get that like ignite that in her and she got it and she got it and she did it well and she was promoted and I was like queen so <laughs> and then and that she was my I think she was my she was my second person that I that promoted from my team. So I was I felt she everyone was saying to me like nah queen like you shouldn't you shouldn't have she wouldn't she wasn't she's not gonna make it she's not gonna make it. And I was like no I don't know why but I felt like she definitely could and she did. So when she did I was just like shine my girl this is your, <laughs> this is your life now and she's she's still there and she's doing really well I think um, and that's what I want to do because I know that I'm I I feel like I have leadership qualities I don't know Mm -hmm. why but that's what I feel like I feel like sometimes people listen to me they shouldn't sometimes but sometimes they do do, and they listen so for me if if I can get people to listen and not make the same mistakes that I've made and we can move quicker then why not yeah and I'm, I'm 
so impulsive that I wouldn't mind doing something and making the mistake and be like, ah, shit, okay, well, I've done it now and I've learned. So you don't need to go and make that mistake. Now you can just, you know, hop on by and skip that. So I don't mind that because I can handle the embarrassment and I feel like some people can't. So I don't mind being the, the scapegoat for it, which is why I think I'd be a good leader because I don't mind taking the bullet first and being like, okay, cool, you don't have to now. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of things in there just to pull out. One, where you talk about team before yourself. Like, your, your gut feel is, I want to be the winner, I want to be successful, mm-hmm. but actually willing to sacrifice your time to help someone else get there as well. Huge leadership quality, right? That, for me, is the, is the biggest thing. Being willing to put yourself out there and to lead from the front and also use what your experiences are to help lead from the back at the same time of, look, I'm going to go and do it, and if I fail, that's okay. So it's okay for you to fail. But also, I'm going to learn with you on how to make it successful, and I'm going to share all the things I know from before, and we're going to go on this journey together. Like, that kind of 360 leadership is, is something that that the world needs right now, right? Yeah. People that aren't just going to tell everybody what to do, but are going to use their experiences, both previous and current, yeah. to help people go on that journey with them. Um, and, you know, from, from our time together, working um, on, on helping you, I guess, yeah. um, that's definitely qualities that I've seen. And, you know, you've definitely got a massive future ahead of you in terms of your career and, and the opportunities yeah. you're going to have to lead. Preach. <laughs> so I guess uh, kind of in, in closing um, you know work's obviously a big part of your life right your career and the things that you're thinking about but just kind of for context what, what do you do to blow off steam what do you do outside of work um, I read lots and lots of books I'm an avid reader um, different different types of book I, I read it's mostly story books I'm very very mature I like <laughs> I like children's books, like Percy Jackson, not children's children's books, but like <laughs> Percy Jackson, Harry Potter, those kinds of books. Yeah, yeah. Um, the ones that kind of take you out from coronavirus life. Um, but, you know, just something that is just easy to, easy to go into and escape all of being an adult. Mm. Um, so that's, that's one. Um, I try, I'm trying, oh, I used to play netball trying to get back into that if anyone anybody knows any netball teams please holler at your girl <laughs> um, that and i am very good at taking time for myself like by myself like mm. i will sit in my bed and reflect not like in a mindfulness way which is probably how i probably should do it but i like planning i like organization sometimes despite my desk and everything being messy but i like organizing it's an organized mess I like organization. So for me, if, I, if I'm, and it goes back to the processing, if I have my plans in place, I'm cool. Yeah, and yeah. I don't have to stress. My first few months, no, if I was stressed because I had no plan, like I didn't know what I was doing, even though Duncan was like, you know, you, you, want, you all need to get here, I need to do this. I hadn't in my own mind established that, which is why I was running around like a chicken or a headless chicken rather. So um, for me, yeah, just escaping, having little breaks, reading i enjoy food <laughs> i don't know what else to tell you john no that's all that's, good that's it that's all I, good. yes little things little things that keep me happy absolutely and I, I think just on that you say you don't do it in a mindfulness way but i think you clearly do in your mindfulness in my own way, way yeah. like it's not someone else's process mm. 
it's your way of of decompressing, I yeah. guess, and yeah. and dealing with that. And I think that's for me that's the most important thing, right? Is that it's not about what the recommendation is to do. It's about you taking the time that you need mm-hmm. in the way that you need it. Yeah. Um, but look, thank you so much for for your time today. Thanks. This conversation has been an absolute pleasure, <laughs> and I'm I'm sure that the listeners will get a ton of value from this. So thank you very much. No problem. Thank you for having me. Are you a CEO or sales leader with little or no time to coach your sales development team? Or is your expertise in areas other than sales? At eXp, we exist to help your sales development team to increase pipeline and grow your company exponentially. We dive into the trenches with sales individuals within your organization to coach them through the discomfort and excitement of cold calls and help them fully utilize the sales technology tools you have invested in. For more information on how eXp can help grow your organization, visit the website found in the bio. Exceptional coaching enables exceptional potential.